Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. As it's the beginning of the year, uh, our senior leadership's just been really praying into releasing vision and just casting the vision of where we see the Lord taking us this year. And we wanted to take this opportunity, like right at the beginning of the year, to just show you what we see for where we're going, what we see for what, what God's doing in our midst this year. So I'm going to invite them up, um, Dan, Justin, and Blake. And um, we're going to do a little something different. We're going to all share a little bit of what we're seeing the Lord doing in this 2021 year. So y'all give it up for them as we uh, start off our day, okay? All right, so Dan's going Dan's gonna to start us off today. So, sorry, you can sit and then you get back up. Here you go. Yeah. All right, well, we're excited about what we're doing this year. Um, we've been working diligently uh, last probably at least year, uh, just working a lot of uh, infrastructure and, and just getting hearing what the Lord is doing vision-wise and getting us set up uh, for, for where he's taken us. And this year's just really straight out the gate. It's just been a year of just beginning to put those things into place and into practice. And so this morning, we're just wanting to share some of the vision of what we're, what we're seeing and invite you guys into that. Uh, we're, we're very, very excited uh, about what's happening. Um, you know, how many know we are an apostolic resource center? Anybody know that? <laughs> we got one. It's over. That's it. It's done. It's all we needed. We're an, we're an apostolic resource center. It's a, it can be a mouthful. Um, you know, what makes us apostolic, first and foremost, is our, it's our inheritance from Bethel. Right? Like, we, we are under the, uh, the grace of an apostle with Bill. Uh, Johnson, and that first and foremost, that's what makes us, you know, we've we've carrying this grace. But what what makes somebody or something or some organization apostolic isn't that you plant churches, which is a fact a facet of that, but it's not entirely that. Uh, what what makes someone apostolic is that you're a family. You guys with me? You guys know I need I need some uh, feedback here. <clears throat> It, what, what, what makes, you know, Jesus, our high apostle, is a son. He has a father. He has brothers and sisters. He's raised them up to be fathers and mothers who have sons and daughters who raise them up to be fathers. Oh, does it look just like our family structure, doesn't it? It's really how heaven is designed and how it works. So we're a family that does something very specific is that we train, equip, and send. As a father, I raise my son and my daughter, and my job is to pull out, be aware, pull out what's inside of them, invest in them, pour into them, position them, line them up, give them the culture, the values, but then send them to see them go do greater than I have. Isn't that just what the nature of being a father and a, and a mother is in a family, isn't it? It's, it? it's funny that the natural actually reflects the spiritual. 
that an apostolic family, we're just talking about a family that has sons and daughters and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, and we're raising up sons and daughters. We're being discipled by Jesus and being discipled by family, and we're discipling others into the ways of the kingdom, but to be sent and could do greater works. As an apostolic family, we're, we send. We're sent and we send. We're sons and daughters. We're brothers and sisters. You know, when we say reign in life, you know, it's been a, a champion message that Steve has just built a foundation for, that, that we're to reign in life. You know, reigning in life is to be known, to be seen and known at a, at a depth which requires authenticity, vulnerability, it requires transparency. If I'm gonna be seen and known, and I have fathers or mothers around me that see and know me, I'm gonna be held accountable. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be held, held to my a true identity. I'm gonna grow up into all things in Christ. But I'm also gonna be uh, 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 pull, pulling out dreams and aspirations and things that are inside of me from fathers and mothers around me that are gonna position me just like I would as a, with my son and daughter are gonna to position to me to see me go do the things that God has planned for me. You guys good? I know we just jumped right into it. <laughs> I only get a few minutes, so we're going all the way. <clears throat> so, so as a family, if I'm seen and known, it's not just that you see the bad stuff, but you see the good stuff too. And it's actually how we create health and emotional health and spiritual health and mental health. A family creates that. It empowers it. It, it, it raises it up. And so, one of, you know, our vision for our house is that we are a family touching our city. That we're a family. We're seen and known. And we're empowered to go restore the ancient ruins. As it says in Isaiah 61, which is a house verse that Steve has championed and laid a foundation for us with that we would be a family, that you, all of us, would be a family, seen and known, and touching and restoring the city, wherever we are, and whatever we're doing, and whatever fashion that we're doing it in, and whatever sphere of influence, and whatever calling you have. That's our vision. We would be a family, seen and known, being discipled by Jesus and by spiritual fathers and mothers and also discipling others. And that we would actually see statistical results in our city. Like we're not talking about go do amazing and I'll see you next year. Go do amazing and we're a family. We want to stay connected. That's some of the stuff we've been working on and developing infrastructure for that we can stay connected, not just send you, but actually be with you while you're out there. And then we send you to go do, do, this, do the things and see uh, results in the city. But it's not just, I'm going to go and, okay, I'm here. No, no, no. You're, you're actually going to be there walking in the supernatural, bringing solutions, the culture, and the values of the kingdom to your sphere of influence, which will result in statistical change. To be apostolic isn't just to plant churches. It's actually to bring change to a city. We have a call to Atlanta. It's our city. It's, it's, it's 100% our authority that's been given to us to steward and brood over and dream over and bring uh, uh, the kingdom influence to it. And you are the influencers. 
I, I love it. We've heard a lot of talk. Well, you're not really in Atlanta. You're in Tyrone. No, but look around. Atlanta's sitting in our room. The city is coming here that we can train, equip, build family, build community, and send and watch us go out and influence the city of Atlanta. That it would look like the kingdom. That we can say in Atlanta as it is in heaven. In Atlanta as it is in heaven. Amen? So we've been working on just infrastructure. We've been working on a lot of uh, stuff with leadership. We're, we're, we're working to invest in the leaders that currently serve in all of our areas to begin to start the ball rolling with uh, the implementation of, can we be a family seen and known? Can we learn to disciple and be discipled at a deeper depth? Can we reign in life in a way we haven't yet before? And then can we put together a, a, a system in place that we maintain connection with those that we send. Whether you may be a regional leader that doesn't come to church on a Sunday morning every week, but you're still connected to the family. Or whether we're here and, and serving locally. That, that there's still some sort of a connection. That's what we've been working on. That's what we're going after this year. That's what we want to see happen with our church is that we're doing things uh, in our city's experience and an effect that it has never has before. Is that exciting? You guys seem pretty quiet. I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. Garrett, are you excited about that? <laughs> Come on. How many of you guys from the north side? Raise your hand. We got a few. Look at that. North side. How many of you guys from east? Nobody, nobody from the east? West? Come on, we got a couple over there. You know what's been cool is I've, my job over the last couple of years, I've been, I do home inspections. And so I found, I've, I was going through my head. I've literally been all around the city doing in, in, in all these different towns and areas. And it just kind of felt like the Lord was almost doing a little prep work with like, hey, get familiar with your land. Get familiar with your territory. Because we are Atlanta. Yeah. All right, well, that's my, that's my 10 minutes, so <laughs> give it up for Justin. Hey, guys. Hey, I'd love you to get out your Bibles and turn to Genesis with me. Genesis 1 and 2. We're going to flip over to Romans 2, so put your finger in Romans. And then we're going to go snap right in the middle of, with Isaiah. So... You guys just heard that we're an apostolic family, and I, I love what the apostolic, like Dan says, what it brings. Um, in, in Ephesians 4, it talks about the five grace gifts that were given to the body. And I love these grace gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, um, to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. I love them because if you notice anything about them, they don't actually agree with one another. Their relationship isn't built on agreement. It's built on Jesus. It's built on the chief apostle. And it's a build on um, bringing a, a mandate to bring heaven to earth through signs, wonders, miracles, and the preaching of the gospel. And the gospel starts that we were all sinners. If you've been enamored with the wickedness that's out there right now, you got to remember that we started in the same spot without Jesus. All of us. 
had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it doesn't mean we don't cry out for changes. So I love being part of an apostolic family. We've been doing this for 20 years now, and it's been life-changing. <clears throat> so apostles are architects of culture. They see what heaven is doing and bring it to earth, which is visionary. They love to work with builders who make what we see come to life. And so this is what we're going after. I love in Genesis, and we're going to get there, but it says, the part that says, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth and reign over it. This is at the beginning of everything, and it really, theologians call this our cultural mandate. And you guys, we're called to build culture. We're not just called to build a cute church. We're called to be part of a greater family and ultimately disciple nations and cities. This is what it's all about. Of course, that starts with you and me. That starts with individuals. So this is part of our heart. This is part of where we're heading. So in Genesis uh, 1.26, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. I love this because it starts off with every single human ever created was created in the image of God. This is why we honor all people. All. All means all. It doesn't mean the people you agree with or I agree with. It means all. And we all need the gospel. So it starts out with we were all created in the image of God. And then it says, and let them have dominion. This word dominion can be translated to rule or to reign. We were all actually called in the garden of Eden, we were called to have dominion over the earth, to, to rule and reign, to reign in life. And you guys, we have something very, very big to bring to our community. Again, I said the mandate is people, but it, then it's also, it's the mandate of cities. And so... We move on, it says, and God created, this is verse 27, and God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. 28, and God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Again, this is the, the, your cultural mandate of actually reproduce who you are. Reproduce yourself, which looks like ruling and reigning. It looks like that same mandate. And we gotta understand also, this is royal language, guys. This is royalty language. This is kings and queens language. This is Peter language. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, those set apart to do amazing things. So this comes from the mandate of being sons and daughters. And again, this first call is before the fall. This is before Genesis 3 happened. This is what God created. He created people to co-partner with, to co-labor with in ruling and reigning. This is why no longer are we called um, servants, but we're called friends, Roman tells us. And so I love that. And then in Genesis 2.18, it's a really big deal here. And again, I say, I'm going to say it again. Sin had not entered the world yet. There was no sin. It was Adam, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They were together in perfect unity. And what did God say? What did God say? And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. You guys, we need each other. Look to the person on your right and left, say, I need you. 
Heaven is not an island to itself with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a community of past, present, and future believers who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is what we were born into. It is not good for you to be alone because you get really weird when you're alone. You get really weird when it's you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the one that set this up like this. And then we all hold truth to that the word of God is our foundation. It's part of what we stand on. If you're not being a biblical believer right now, what I mean by that, if you're not reading your Bible, I wanna correct you right now. Get in the word. I've been doing some intermittent fasting and it's super annoying to do intermittent fasting. The challenge is if those of you who aren't getting the word of God, the Bible every day in your life, you're doing intermittent fasting that leads to death. The word of God is important for you to ingest every day. It's like a meal. You eat every day. Just like I spend time with the Holy Spirit in prayer, I also spend time with him in my word. That was just a freebie. That was just a little uh, correction because I love you all. A little confrontation, nutrients, I love it. Read the Bible. All right, so it's not good for you to be alone. Let's flip over to Romans 5, 17. This is a beautiful chapter that's catching us back to Genesis. It's catching us back to the fall, pardon me, to, to um, first Adam and, um, and, and the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit in the garden. And then what happens, the fall. Because of one man's trespass, because of one man's sin, sin came into the earth. Sin came into all humankind. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But then we love this. We get So there's this thing called justification in this chapter that is saying, because of what Jesus did, we are now justified, meaning we are made right. We are made perfect because of what Christ has done, not because of what you did. This is the gospel. And it's spelled out very well in Romans, 17, I mean in Romans 5. But then it says... And we are also sanctified. Sanctification means you are being a disciple of Jesus. What I just mentioned, you wake up every day just choosing to walk with him. So those of us that just live with this, you know, I'm justified and nothing else matters, you've missed something. It's called waking up every day with him and with one another as believing believers. And this is what discipleship is all about. It's about first being led by the King of glory, which his name is Jesus, who sent the Holy Spirit to get all over us, to get in us, to be with us every moment of every day. But guess what? That takes submission and humility to walk out a life like that. So we are walking alongside Jesus. This is all about our discipleship, longing to disciple nations, peoples, and cities. And then it says this in Romans 5, 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life, say that with me, reign in life, through that one man, Jesus. The only way to reign in life is to be born again. It's not through some osmosis, it's not through funny thing, it's, it's through believing in Jesus Christ. The gospel is central to who we are. The gospel is central to our apostolic mission. It all comes out of this gospel, this good news. And then we transition into Isaiah 61 and, I, and we'll end with this today after they all go. 
And the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor, to send um, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to open the prisoners to those who are bound. Let's skip down to um, 60, Isaiah 61, verse 4. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastation. They shall repair. And our cultural mandate is to ultimately repair cities. And I want to end with this. In Luke 19.10, in the NASB, it says something very curious. It says, for the Son of Man, speaking of Jesus, came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I love going back to the original garden mandate, guys. We're called to cultivate. You're called to be creative. If you're not living in creativity, you're outside your destiny. Creativity is part of who you are. And he came to say, seek and to save that which was lost. In a lot of your translations, if you read my favorite translation, which is the ESV, it says to seek and save the lost. And we a lot of times transition that over just, just to speaking of salvation. It's not speaking only of salvation. It is speaking of salvation, but then also that you are actually born with callings and destinies that God has placed on your life. And the only way for those to come out is in the, the midst of his glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and one another. And we're gonna learn to have needs together we're gonna learn to uh, get so intimately connected that no more am I gonna only need the gift of prophecy to know who you are. The reason I'm gonna know who you are is because you let me see you. Intimacy actually happened here. And I long to see and know you. And again, we all, like Jesus, can only handle a certain amount of people. But I pray that each one of you gets your three, your 12, Get those peoples that you link arms with to fulfill the mission that God has created you to, to bring, which is bringing heaven to earth, which is gonna look very different to a lot of us, but it's all rooted and grounded in the same place. Love that looks like the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> so good. Thanks. So good, Justin. So you know, just hearing that Isaiah 61, if you've been around here for very long at all, you've heard us talking about restoring a city. And uh, a couple years ago, I just remember asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, Atlanta's huge. Like, what, how, do you, how do you see a city impacted? And I had this prophetic picture. And in the picture, I saw a map of our city. And on the map, there were little fires, just little spattered about all over our city. And as I looked closer, I saw the fires were starting in people's homes. And I looked in these homes and they were friends of mine. They were friends of mine living their life and they were inviting others into their homes. And the fire of God was falling on people in their homes. And the fire was got, if you know fire, it just jumps and it spreads and it, it just has this super power. And, and I looked at our city and there was just fires in people's homes all over. And I felt like the Lord was giving us a strategic picture of how you can impact a city. And so I want to share two testimonies today of people that we know, our people, heroes in our midst, um, that, are, that are affecting a city. Um, 
The first one is Kyle and Mary Beth Francis. I, they're incredible. They are incredible. Um, so they were in our ministry school in 2014, and they met that year. They fell in love, got married, did ministry together, were visiting um, in the streets of Atlanta. They were ministering um, to the sex trafficking uh, people. They were ministering in really unsafe streets. And they said, we want to live among the people that we're ministering to. So leaders here told them, hey, wait a year. Like, get married for a year, live together before you dive into the, to that city, to that um, area. And so on their first year anniversary, they moved into, um, they moved into the city. They moved into English Avenue. English Avenue, if you're not familiar, it is uh, one of the scariest areas of our city. Um, there's very high poverty and very high crime. And I loved what Leif said a few weeks ago. He said, it's probably not the safest place unless that's where God tells you to be. And then it's the absolute safest place. So Mary, Beth, and Kyle, they chose to move into a, a, what some would say would be an unsafe part of town and chose to raise a family there because that's the safest place where God has them, right, where he's telling them to be. And so they pretty soon realized, so Kyle uh, had an addiction in high school, and uh, a drug addiction. And so he had high school friends that lived in English Avenue, lived in this block, lived in this area. And really fast, they realized a lot of friends were living in these boarded up houses. 60% of the, ha the neighborhood was boarded up. And these friends had cell phones, but no power. And so pretty soon they realized, well, Kyle, they have power on their front porch. And uh, so his friends would come over, plug in their phone, and sit for 45 minutes. And Kyle had a captive audience. <laughs> Overnight. Overnight, he had four to five people at a time charging their cell phones, sitting on his porch, listening to him, sharing a testimony of his life, and how Jesus gave him redemption. How Jesus changed his life broke him out of addiction, gave him freedom. Those, those two, they've been living there for six or so years now. They've invested in the local charter school. They go and serve. Kyle, um, Mary Beth, and Asha, they go and they serve there, and they, um, they, they hang out with the school kids. Uh, he's on their board. They're, they're revolutionizing a city block by living, by walking a street, by hanging out and walking down the street, hanging out with neighbors on their front porch, sharing their story, sharing their breakthrough. They're heroes in our midst. The fire of God is just falling on their home, where they are, doing life, where God has called them. Another, another uh, hero and dear friend is my, um, my brother, Joshua. Now, Joshua, he, uh, he chose to move to Walton on the Chattahoochee, which is this really cool place for 20 and 30 year olds to live. It's, um, it's just a fun place in the city. And he noticed pretty quickly that people are lonely. <laughs> people are hungry for community. They're, they're lonely. And Joshua, he's one of the healthiest people. He is internally so healthy, he has tr attracted a healthy, tight-knit group of friends around him. And those friends and him decided, 
people are lonely. We need to invite them in. Let's, let's build a community here. And so they have built a community at this pretty cool, amazing place. And they, they grill out once a week. They invite people to play spike ball, which I don't really even know how to play. It's something 20 and 30 year olds play. It's really cool. And they are playing alongside of the river and 30 and 40 people are showing up weekly to have community, to, to live alongside of people, to be mothered and fathered, brother and sister. Like they're just, they're just doing life together and inviting others in. And what started as him and a group of believers is now him, a group of believers, people that are not yet believers, they're all just attracted because of the invitation in. And he's just doing life as he does life with his great friends, um, inviting others into it. And, uh, and I just start seeing homes around our city just catching, catching on fire. And I, uh, I start asking the what if. What would it look like if a mom who's going to the carpool line at school, you're naturally going to the park afterward with five friends. What does it look like to be carrying the fire of God and inviting others into that in your normal, everyday life? What does it look like to be that house on the cul-de-sac that all the kids are running into and grabbing snacks from? And you're like, you're not coming out of this house without experiencing the love and the fire of God. Like this is a hub for all the neighborhood kids to come in and grab their snacks and catch the love and fire of God. What does it look like for a business person, businessman, businesswoman? You're going to work. You're seeing the same 20 people every day. What does it look like to dedicate? I'm going to be on fire. I'm so on fire. You're invited into my sphere. What is that? What can we do to a city? <laughs> uh, Danny Silk, he came to town four years ago, and he shared this thing with our staff, and it was so impactful. He said he was flying into London, and he looked out of his airplane window, and he saw all these chimneys and there was no smoke coming out of them. And what's strange is 30, 40, 50 years ago, the heat source of all these homes was the fireplace, and all the smoke would rise out of the chimney. Fast forward 40 and 50 years, we've advanced. We have central heating and air. There's no need for the fire. And the Lord told him, he said, we're always going to be advancing, but don't forget the fire. We cannot forget the fire. Okay, I'm going to hand it to Blake. How's everybody doing? Doing good? Okay. Um, so I've just felt this, uh, this swell of momentum the last handful of years. You know, if you've been with us for, for a while, you know that, you know, we've never had a, a place of our, of our own. We've always been renting places and, you know, kind of moving, moving around. And then, you know, we, we buy this property, this amazing, crazy, beautiful property that's, that's more amazing than we could have, could have hoped for. And then we, you know, through much process and trial and tribulation, uh, start building a building and, and are, you know, getting, getting near, near to done. And I just kind of had this thought of, you know, this, this doesn't feel just like, a, hey, we have a building now. This feels like a, a transition of season, a, a change of, um, of a season for, for Bethel Atlanta. But I just was sitting for a while and asking the Lord, what, what does that mean? 
you know, and I pictured our new building, and I pictured how beautiful it is, and all the, all the extra room, and all the extra warmth that's available in there, and, um, and you know, things like bathrooms that are inside, you know, crazy stuff. Um, and... <laughs> And I thought, yeah, why? Well, we could, we could, you know, have two services and, and fit, you know, uh, 800, 1,000 people, 1,500 people in our church. That'd be great. And I thought, yeah, maybe someday we'll we'll finish up that 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 kind of phase two plan of building building a much larger facility on on 74 over here. And oh, I guess I could seat 2,000, 3,000 people. That would be great. And we'll have a really awesome prophetic ministry and a really awesome healing ministry. And all those things are good. I don't have any problem with those things. I it's good that a, that a church should grow, but I could just feel something missing. And as, as all of us kind of bit by bit started sharing this, this picture of these little fires all, all around Atlanta, I, I, I just started seeing this picture that, that while I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll grow as a church when, when, as we move into a, a new building and a new season, and we may even grow to have a, have a bigger building over here someday, those, those things didn't feel like the absolute center of what God was inviting us into. The absolute center of it felt like us being a place where people grow and are sent to truly be the church where, wherever they go. And this, this is an idea that we've all heard and, and would agree with. But I believe that we're entering into a season where a revelation of what it means for you to be the church is, is about to flow through our body. And I'm so excited because we've, we've heard, uh, uh, how many of you have heard prophecies of, of big revivals happening in the future? Awesome. If not, just type in big revivals and see what happens. Um, maybe don't. Turn the safe search on. Uh, anyway, uh, the, um, the, you know, uh, Bob Jones is a particular one that has a billion soul revival, a billion souls getting, getting saved. And if I'm being quite honest, I, I, I would hear that prophecy and think, that's quite a lot. A billion is a very large number of people. That, that is a lot of people. How would that even work? It seems impractical, if I'm being honest. You know, like, uh, ha, give me a minute, come on. It's, uh, and, uh, and all of a sudden, I started seeing this picture of changing my perspective. Because my perspective is, how could people fit in all of those churches? <laughs> But when I see a Joshua Hale who's gathering these people around him, who's, who's connected to a body, who's connected to a central body, who, who has brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers who are speaking to his life, I realize that that, 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 that Joshua's group up there on uh, Chattahoochee on the something, uh, that is just as much the church as this tent is. <laughs> That, that Kyle and Mary Beth on the street talking to some, some people who are charging their cell phones, that's the church just as much as this building is. And I begin to see this picture of the church coming to life all across our city. And all of a sudden, a billion soul harvest didn't seem at all impossible out of the ordinary. In fact, it seemed quite expected when you see the church coming alive. I just, I just want to take a moment here at the end just to invite you into this vision. And so if, if you would, just kind of uh, stand up where you're at, if you don't mind. Um, <clears throat> I just want you to close your eyes. I know, you know, you were just sitting down, you got up, and closing your eyes and standing up might result in falling over. Just, you know, balance yourself <laughs> if needed. Don't be ashamed if you need to grab a seat in front of you. That's all right. Um, but I just want you to close your eyes. <clears throat> I just want you to picture your life, 
Not, not your history, not your plans for the future. I want you to picture your life right now. If, it's, if you're just looking through a window at your life, your, your, your life as it is right now. If you have, if you're, if you have kids at home, daily life with the kids. If you, if you go to work, your, your commute, your, your people that you see at work, the customers that you interact with. The, your, your trip to church, your, your, your thought life, your, your all, of, all, of, all of your life. And, and again, as, as you kind of sit here and look through this window and see your life, we might have different emotions. We might, might think, oh gosh, I, I don't feel great about where my life is right now. I might feel bored or unsatisfied or, or, or disappointed, or I might be in the middle of something painful. You might feel very comfortable. You might think, oh, I like my life. I like my friends. I like, I like my, I feel connected to my family all these things, whatever that is, that doesn't really matter. Because right now, I just want you to picture the fire of God hitting that window and hitting that life. The grace of God, the glory of God hitting that life. And if there's anything that's wrong, if there's anything out of place, if there's any disconnection, he's healing it. He's restoring it. He's pulling it back together. He's empowering you to be the kind of person who creates health in your family, in your workplace, in your life. The kind of person who can navigate challenging seasons. The kind of person who can, who can make wise decisions in the, in the face of, of, of hardship or, or, or challenge. And if your life is great, if your life is awesome, if you feel happy and comfortable and content, then he is bringing dreams for the future. He's bringing vision. He's having you fall in love with people around you and fall in love with people in need. I just want you to see that in your mind. Now I want you to see a picture of, of our city. And if you're not from around here, then I want you to picture your city. You know, Atlanta's got a nice little circle drawn around it with 285. And see this picture, that city. And imagine all of these. Look at the breadth of that city. Sometimes the idea that we're supposed to touch a city, that, that can a city be saved in a day, can a nation be saved in a day, these, these questions seem really big and they're hard to get a grip on. But I want you to picture hundreds of thousands of those same windows, those same lives, those same people, people who are content and happy, people who are in a time of pain and discomfort, people who are scared, people who are excited, and everyone in between. And I just want you to zoom in on where you are. Maybe, maybe it's just where you live. And to see those windows that are around you, those lives that are around you. And I wanted to tell you right now, if you're here in this room today, then the fire of God is on your life. You, you would not make it here. You would not be here. And maybe we're experiencing it to different degrees. But the fire of God is upon your life, and it is ready to pour on to those people that are connected to your life, to pour into those. Now, some of you, when you see it, view it from that local level, you might all of a sudden snap to a big picture, a, a people group, uh, another nation, another city. A, a, an area of society, an area of business, an area of government, whatever it is, and you can feel this desire to, to release that fire to, to, to those places. And I just want you to picture for a moment one of two things happening. Either the fire of God flowing into your life enough to give you vision, direction, and purpose for how to affect that area or that people group or that strata of society. Or I want him, or he will show you the face of a son or a daughter that he is sending to that area. This year, God is going to be releasing vision for your life. 
vision for the purpose, the, the reason that he has placed you where he's placed you. And there is no place that is too small and there is no task that is too big for his fire. Some of the, some of the, uh, some of the biggest transfer, societal transformations started with a few friends in a garage working on a project. A few people starting a business, a few people starting a church, a few people starting a home group. And the Lord is, is in this season extending our idea of what it is to be the church, what it means to, to be connected to a larger body, connected to one another, but also being the church and creating church, creating a house of God wherever we go. If you would, just put your hands out in front of you. I'm just going to pray for you, and then we're going to transition to just a little bit more, more prayer time. But I just release the fire of God to release vision for your life right now in Jesus' name. That you would begin to see pictures, that you begin to dream dreams, that you would begin to see how the Lord has equipped you to release his presence into the places that you're hungry to release it. And that you would see places that may be a distraction, places that maybe are, are, you're being drawn to because of fear, and that he would reveal to you the son or the daughter that he is equipped to go into that area so that you don't have to, so that you can love your space, so that you can release the fire into your space. There's this beautiful mutual release of vision for your life and trust in the Lord that he's sending his sons and daughters all across the nation and all across the world to release his glory. So we just release vision right now. And we just as a, as a church, this is something that will over, unfold over time and in many different ways. But we're, even though we may continue to have great ministries and, and maybe build bigger buildings and all that fun stuff, we're, we're not going to be so focused on just building bigger ministries, but on equipping ministers to go release the gospel in our city and around the world. And whenever, whenever God releases vision, whenever he releases, reveals what he's doing, he also releases just the, the presence of the Holy Spirit to match that. You know, Jesus, when he was released into his ministry, the, whole, the presence of the Holy Spirit fell upon him and he was, he was equipped to do what he was called to do. And we've just been feeling in our staff that the, the Lord is just uh, ready to release an outpouring of his presence, a new baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so for the, for the end of our, of our service here today, you know, I know that, that 2020 has been a, a difficult year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And it's definitely been a year where it's easier than ever to be focused on a problem, focused on a pain, focused on a challenge, focused on, on that. And I'm not saying those things don't need to be addressed. They most certainly do. But today, I feel that the Lord wants to release an impartation for vision and an outpouring of his presence so that you can see where he's taking you next. And so I just want to invite you guys to lean in. as We just press into his presence for a little, for a few more moments here. I'm going to pass off to Justin just because he's been carrying something with this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just go ahead and put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Band, you guys can start playing whenever you're ready. Just want to read this over you. I'm going to preface it with this. I, 
You guys, nothing we want more than just a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Vision without the Holy Spirit breathing on it is just a really cute idea. And I don't want a cute idea. I really, we're just longing for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to read this over you. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Jesus, I just thank you for even the people that are sitting at home. There's a unity for those that call Bethlehem their home today that we are all in one place, even though we may not be in the same building. This fire is not just for us and um, this, the tent that we're in now, but this is for our homes. This is for our businesses. This is for our hearts. This is for how each of us has been called to steward uh, the seven mind molders, how each of us have been called to a different area of culture. We just bless teachers in here. We bless doctors in here. We bless those that are called to uh, uh, just the government. We release peace over you and wisdom. We thank you for pastors. We just thank you for, for moms and dads. We thank you for those that care about the family. And Jesus, we're just asking for a, a fresh baptism today of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We know that you're, uh, um, you're in every believing believer. You're in every believing believer, but we ask that you would just get all over us. We wanna be those that are noticed for our burning, for the fresh fire of God that's on us, for the fresh just a um, baptism of you, that you submerse us in you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for all of our ideas, all of our vision, all of the things you've given all of us, but we submit it all to you. Every day we just wake up with, a, with, this, um, with this humility of, oh, I need more of you. We just thank you for the confidence we get to have in the gospel of Jesus. But we also just thank you for just the, blessed are the poor in spirit. We just thank you that we long for more. And so I just thank you as this mighty rush of wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as of fire. Father, right now I'm asking for tongues of fire not only to hit us here today, but we're asking for it in our homes. God, I ask it there'd be fires. Tongues of fire would be released. Just the Holy Spirit all over each of our homes, our places of work, the parks we go to, the neighborhoods um, that we live in. And we just thank you that it's your great privilege and honor to give you the Holy Spirit to those that ask. So we're just asking right now. Father, I just pray that that, that, that fresh uh, uh, just wave of hope would come over us, drowned us in your hope that gives us a hope for the future. We refuse to be a people that live in hope deferred. We know how to mourn, we know how to grieve, but we just ask that we would be drowned in hope for the future. And we just thank you that we only have the present and we get to be faithful with asking for the Holy Spirit in the present. So we are asking today. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, right now we just ask for you, Holy Spirit. We just ask for a fresh feeling. 
We thank you for what we've had before. We thank you for just the gift of tongues. And I just ask for anybody who have not uh, received the gift of tongues that today would be a day that they'd receive. But God, we're also asking for boldness. We're asking for hope. We're asking for believing believers that signs, wonders, and miracles follow us. We don't just want to be nominal Christians, but we want to be those that are full of you, that know how to release the gospel, that knows how to release the purity of the gospel of Jesus, and then also know how to release signs, wonders, and miracles. This is what you've asked from us. You've asked for us to take our natural and, and bring it into your supernatural that we might be supernatural believers. So we're asking for a fresh baptism of you, Holy Spirit, right now. We just thank you that you answer the desperate. You answer the desperate. You answer the desperate. And we just thank you that our desperation comes from a place of security. It comes from a place of sonship. However you long for that to happen in our homes, we're asking for fresh fire to fall over our children. I pray for a fresh baptism of fire over our children, for our friendships, just a fresh baptism of you, Holy Spirit. For our bosses and coworkers, we're asking for you, Holy Spirit, to get all over our jobs, over us, and we get all over our jobs. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.